Welcome to Paradigms at Paradigms.life. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Paradigms. I'm your host, Baruch. Happy to be bringing you inspired, inspiring people with visions of a viable future for life on Earth that includes humans. In this episode of Paradigms, we're meeting two of the musicians from a band called Chawa. We'll meet Juan Boudreau and Joe Giolini, who will tell us about their music, about the tradition of Mardi Gras Indians, and about Chawa's new CD, Spy Boy, which has been nominated for a Grammy. Very exciting. So we're going to talk with Joe and Juan and listen to some fantastic music. If you're not ready for Mardi Gras, you will be by the time you're done listening to this episode of Paradigms. So let's get right to it and meet my guests. Juan Boudreau and Joe Giolini from Chawa, welcome to Paradigms. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for having us. You guys have a new CD out called Spy Boy, and you've been nominated for a Grammy. Congratulations. That's really exciting. Thank you. We're really, really, really excited about it. I've been listening to your music, and I have to say, as soon as I put it on, I felt like I was back in old Algiers on Belleville Street watching one of the Mardi Gras Indians dance down the street. It just brought me right back. It was beautiful. That's what the music's supposed to do. Supposed to have you up on your feet. That's what the goal is. If you're not dancing to it, there's a problem. Juwan, this is your family's legacy, this music. Joe, you're, I think, newer to this. How did all this happen? It's a great question. Um, uh, I've really been blessed to be um, a part of playing with the uh, Boudreaux family. Big Chief Monk Boudreaux is really like my mentor. It's also uh, Juwan's grandfather. I've actually known Jawan for quite a while as he was growing up, and I played with Monk Boudreaux on the Indian holidays, like on St. Joseph's Night and Super Sunday and Mardi Gras Day, and I'd be playing bass drum along with uh, his tribe. We were basically able to uh, really explore the roots of the Mardi Gras Indian stuff, which he started uh, with you know, Bo Dallas when they started doing uh, the Wild Magnolia Band and uh, started combining it with the music of Willie T and the Gators and, you know, having a funk rhythm section backing up the Indian chants. And so, um, you know, to be able to be exposed to that lineage uh, was just a dream come true for me. Jawan's really just following in the footsteps of his grandfather and becoming, in my opinion, the next great Mardi Gras Indian singer. That was, that was my part of it. And Jawan, obviously his, you know, I'll let him speak for himself, but he's been doing this uh, since before he could walk. <laughs> yeah. When I started at actually when I was like two years old and pretty much my mom was sewing for me up until I was like 15. Then after that, that's when I took off and started learning how to sew. And it really was like pretty much an observing thing. Nobody from my grandfather to my mother like sat down and was like, oh, that's how you sew. If you wanted to do it, you had to look and see how to do it. They'll show you and tell you if you're messing up. But other than that, it was like, if you want to do it, we're going to see if you really want to do it. Joe, how I got with Joe, my cousin used to be in the band. 
And when he was playing, he was like, oh, you want to come on a gig and stuff? And I came and I was pretty much like the background singer, just singing like some of the parts, uh, sing like a few lyrics. And then when it was my time to step up, it was either like now or never, you're either going to step up or you're going to back up. And I pretty much choose to step up. And then ever since then, I've been rolling. Now, a lot of listeners may not know even who the Mardi Gras Indians are or what you're talking about when you talk about sewing. So I'm just going to encourage all of you who are listening while you're listening, Google Mardi Gras Indian, look it up, look at some photographs, and you'll see that Juan is in this tradition that's been hundreds of years, right? Yes. Of people, Mardi Gras Indians, making these incredible regalia, spending the whole year making it, and then going out and dancing all around the city, it probably sounds unusual to folks who've never been there, who've never been to a real Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Can you explain yeah. why the Indians go out and dance? Yes, we're pretty much, we're paying homage to the Native American Indians because a long time ago, like you say, hundreds of years ago, there was slavery and the Native Americans was the ones to take us in and show us like their ways and things. So just once again, like I was saying, it was pretty much like observing, and that's what we saw. So giving back and saying thank you, we put on our Indian suits, and we made them in different patches. That's why you will see, like, in some patches, they have Native Americans on it. We're not trying to mark them or copy them in any kind of way. We're saying thank you with the songs and, like, B work that you see on these suits. And you can't get it nowhere else but in New Orleans. Because that's our tradition. That's what makes it New Orleans. Like, it's only seen here on Mardi Gras Day. And that's pretty much the main day. Like, so behind these suits, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication because you also have a regular life. I'm regular sitting next to you, but once I put on that suit, I'm a spy boy, J. It's spirit. Like, it's spiritual. Once I put on the suit. It's like putting on, once you at work and you put on your work uniform, you're at work. It's a ceremony. Yeah. Also, you know, it's important to probably point out that um, Juwan actually comes from that lineage. You know, he's part Choctaw and um, Cherokee. And um, I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that. But, you know, the idea is that the Native Americans took in escaped slaves. And from there, they were able to protect them and, um, you know, bring them into their community because there was that shared oppression of the Native Americans and the African-American slaves obviously being oppressed in the New World. And, um, you know, they took care of each other. And that uh, bloodline actually is uh, very persistent in New Orleans, you know, in general, and the people of New Orleans. Yeah, we have... Like you just said, we have Choctaw and Cherokee. It's both on my grandfather's side that we have those in our blood. So just how you can't look at me on a regular day and be like, oh, he's a Mardi Gras Indian or that. And some people might not know that I actually have it in my blood. So not only that I'm, you know, just saying that's what I am, I'm really like Native American. So you can trace your lineage all the way back, yeah. which is really actually 
unusual for a lot of African Americans. A lot of African Americans cannot trace their lineage all the way back. We did an episode about that with a genealogist, I think, a year or two ago. It was fascinating um, because she's been helping people do that. But for you, for the Mardi Gras Indians, the fact that you are Mardi Gras Indians is because you can trace your lineage all the way back. That's pretty amazing, really. Yeah, some people can, and some people just like, you know, how we do it in our family, pretty much is like born in it. Uh, some people might be friends of, and they just be like, okay, I want to be an Indian. But at the end of the day, once you, you know, you learn how to sew and, you know, you observe and know what you're doing, and you're not just doing it just because, then that's what actually makes you an Indian. Because we start young. Like I said, I was two. I have a daughter. She's I think she's going to be five or six months when Mardi Gras actually gets here and she's going to be in the Indian suit. But she's not going to be forced to be an Indian. Once she grew up, if she doesn't like it, it's not going to be forced. Like, you have to do it. It's just something that we do in our family. That's very cool. That's the first part of my interview with Joan Boudreaux and Joe Gelini of the band Chawa. They've got a new CD out called Spy Boy. It's nominated for a Grammy, which is really exciting. Let's hear some of it right now. Here's Chawa with Chawa from their new album, Spy Boy, on Paradigms at paradigms.life.
heard a couple of tracks from Chawa's new Grammy-nominated CD, Spy Boy, that was My Indian Red, and we started out with Chawa. Let's get back to my conversation now with Joe and Juan. Let's talk a bit about the music, because you really are bringing a lot of traditional music and sounds and the way you're playing into, you know, the 21st century. I'm curious about how you're combining tradition and the new um it's not really the first but how you saying the tradition with the new everyone i ain't gonna say they old i'm the youngest one but like everyone in the band is still young and when we making music we hear different types of music so that's what actually make like a different sound and we all like have our own different opinions about the songs that we make also like joe 
might come up with a song, but then at the end of the day, once everyone gets and we rehearse it, somebody might be like, oh, I think this part should go in it, or I think this be how it go. And that's how it was on the album. Like certain songs that you hear on the album, they wasn't originally that way. It took us a minute to like, you know, really perfect it and be like, yeah, now that's the song that we're looking for. Because everyone has their own different opinions. You know, one of the things that is unique about this band is that we really bring together like, you know, a bunch of different really root oriented music that everybody comes from that grew up in that tradition. So like, um, you know, the brass players, you know, these guys are like some of the best brass musicians in New Orleans. And like, you will see them at like every second line parade and they'll parade for four hours and they have been doing it their whole lives. And, you know, and then Juwan comes with the Mardi Gras Indian element. So, and actually Juwan is part of the, he's a, a member of the Young Men Olympians second line club. Some of the guys in the band are also Mardi Gras Indians, although they don't mask on stage. Cliff, our tuba player, he's a Mardi Gras Indian. And Eric, our trumpet player, is a Mardi Gras Indian. And then obviously Thaddeus is a Mardi Gras Indian. And Juwan is a, is a Mardi Gras Indian. But the other guys are brass band. And then me and the guitar player, Ari, we come from, you know, a little bit of a mixed background where we're coming from a little bit more of like a funk, soul, jazz, gospel kind of vibe. The combination of all those different elements really is amazing because we all support each other and we teach each other. If one of the horn players is telling me that like the beat needs to go a certain way, I'll listen and adjust. And if I say to him, oh, well, we need to go to this bridge uh, with this transition here and this chord progression, then they'll definitely be, you know, using all of their instincts and all of their knowledge combined to try to make that work. So it's sort of like a um, a meeting of the different minds that come together. And I think we really support each other to make something that's pretty unique. That's one of the things about when people play music together is there's a, a selfless quality that can be there. It's all in service to the music and, and the music just kind of grabs you and takes you along and ego can really kind of be set aside. It isn't always, but it, it can be. It sounds like you guys are friends. Well, it's a, it's really like a family. And, you know, the thing about it is when, you know, we're having, uh, we're really blessed and have a lot of gratitude to be, experiencing some success right now you know a lot of notoriety and you know the thing is, is we spent so many years driving in a van together to gigs that were like you know 15 18 hours away and you know we've got to like go through all those different challenges together and still stay friends and still be able to enjoy ourselves on stage you know, so I really feel like there's definitely like a family vibe. You know, it's it's just awesome to be able to work as a team. You know, like basically uh, our attitude is like we are in the action business, not in the results business. So like all the results of this stuff that's coming up from the album is really like wasn't on our expectation list. You know, we were we're just like thrilled about it because our expectation is that we're going to work together as a team and be able to really like put the music first. We always say teamwork makes the dream work. 
We'll be back with my conversation with Joe Gelini and Joan Boudreau of the band Chawa. Here's some more about what it's like being in this band. We're going to hear a couple of tracks now from their earlier CD, Funk and Feathers. This came out in 2016. Here's all on a Mardi Gras day.
tracks from Chawa's 2016 album Funkin' Feathers. That was Lil Liza Jane, and before that, all on a Mardi Gras day. If you've ever listened to any music from New Orleans, this probably sounds familiar to you, but my guess is you've already been up out of your chair and been jumping around the room. 
You'll hear more of this great music after we hear some more of my conversation with Juan Boudreau and Joe Giolini of Chawa. This is Paradigms at Paradigms.life. When you guys do a show, what happens in the room? What do you notice? Sometimes it's like it takes a minute for people to, you know, really get into it. And then different other times it's like as soon as we start playing and people uh, notice us and they don't know who we are. And they just into it like instantly when we go to the same places. But when we go to new places, it's like, yeah, let's see. They <laughs> they pay attention, but it's like, yeah, I don't know how this is gonna work because you know they probably they're not used to the music that we're bringing. Mm. But once they really listen to it and get into it, it's like, yeah, those dudes are good. Like we didn't have different like you know times where it'd have been like people that give us problems. When we first come into the venue, and then once we pretty pretty much stop playing, they're like, "Yeah, you guys are great, great, whatever y'all want, you know." Uh, huh? Like, yeah, they just treat us different once they hear. Uh, yeah, interesting. Now, I know you guys just um, were at Global Fest, and we actually did a show about Global Fest on Paradigms that aired a couple of weeks ago. How how was that? It was like great, like the whole energy of everything. It just was like great. That's all I can just say. It was great. Yeah, the energy was just uh, infectious. And it was great because the guys in the band are just, uh, it's funny, you know, like, because the last few months, we've really, like I said, just to reiterate, we've been experiencing this really uh, humbling amount of success and notoriety for us. But I think, like, it's just also adding to everybody's motivation and to the morale and to the vibe, like, it's like it pushes us to be like even more energetic and to take it even more seriously and to just make sure that when we come out, we're coming out to like just blow you away. The name Chawa actually means we're coming for you. When we started the band, we, you know, it's like an Indian call, like when the spy boys are, you know, meeting each other in the street and they're, you know, the one tribe is coming towards the other on Mardi Gras Day they'll yell Chawa. So that's sort of like the vibe. It's like, we're coming for you. Watch out. Get on out the way. So you've got this, you know, this record, Spy Boy, it's nominated for a Grammy. You're playing out. You're, sounds like you're having a great time. I guess you just keep going, right? Yeah. We're, uh, we're working on our next record. Fantastic. We're going to the Grammys and um, we are so blessed and feel so honored to be asked to be a part of that. And, um, you know, we are just so thrilled about it. But, you know, like I said, our, our focus is on the music. So we are currently writing songs for our next record, which we plan to release next spring. Our goal is to just keep moving onward and to be able to keep expressing ourselves and get the message out there and not rest on our laurels, but try to stay inspired and do it for the same reasons that we started to do it, because we love the music. I'm looking at your website. I see that you're on the road for a good part of February and March. You're headed to New Zealand. You've got some great looking gigs coming up all around the country. So people really have a lot of opportunities to go and see you and hear you play. That's, that's really, that's wonderful. We're just excited. You know, we've, this is like, this has been the dream the whole time. 
you know, the fact that we really did pay our dues and, you know, we got in a van and we're traveling, you know, like I said, like a whole day to get to a gig. And, you know, sometimes we drive to North Carolina to play one gig and then drive back, you know, all of the, the hours on the road and, you know, in hotel rooms and in the van and in the airports and all that stuff. Um, I think that has really made us appreciate so much the opportunities that we have in front of us now. You know, I was just so surprised by all of this great feedback because we were doing it and making the music when we weren't getting great feedback. So the fact that people are enjoying it now is just like so beyond our expectations. And um, we just feel so lucky to be able to have the opportunity to take this music and sort of represent New Orleans music and culture around the country. We'll be back with the final part of this conversation with Joe Gelini and Juan Boudreau of the band Chawa after we hear these songs that Juan and Joe were just talking about. This is Chapters from Spy Boy, Chawa's new CD.
to the music of Chawa from their new Grammy-nominated CD, Spy Boy. You just heard Visible Means of Support. Before that, the song Chapters. These guys are really just making great music with meaning and tradition and inspiration. You just can't beat it with a stick. Here's the last part of my conversation with Juan Boudreau and Joe Giolini. When you're doing this, when you're traveling, when you're playing music, you know, whatever the music, and, and, and this is true of, I interview lots of musicians, there's a way in which you're an ambassador. You're an ambassador for your genre of music, for for what your intentions are that you bring to the stage. And so then I want to look at that in the context of what's happening in the country, in the world, what we see people struggling with, what we see uh, and feel our society struggling with. I'm curious to know, in that context, how you see what you're doing and 
how you're in response to, if you are, um, those issues that are too numerous to name, but we all know what we're talking about. But like you said, like, like I said, like the music, it just, it just gives someone else, you know, something to do or think about. Like that's the song that I wrote chapters. Like you have different stages in life where you might be going through something that no one knows. But once you, you know, once you in this different vibe or different places, it's just like nothing else matters. That's just how it is in New Orleans. Like you done went to work all week and, you know, you probably got fired or something. But then on a Sunday, it's just like you at the second line, nothing else matters. A lot of people in New Orleans live for a Sunday. You might have it's just a regular homeless person. Might not have no home. But I guarantee you walk down the street and they know they have a second line, they ask them, where the second line at Nefa? Where the second line like where it started? And is it coming this way or something like that? It's just like, you know, you can go do different things. Uh, they have a lot of different things going on, but it's like music makes the world go around. There's also a, a song on the record called Visible Means of Support. When I was playing uh, about five years ago, when I was playing with Monk Boudreaux, he was telling me the story of when you know, in the 50s, when he was coming up in New Orleans as a kid, uh, they used to have this Jim Crow era law where it was called no visible means of support. And what it was, was uh, a vagrancy law. The white police officers uptown would take advantage of this law and the technicality of it, and they would target young African-American men primarily and basically they were allowed to give you a ticket or arrest you if you didn't have like a pay stub on you like proof of employment now this was like a technicality to be able to take in you know homeless people you know that were you know committing vagrancies but what the cops did was just to be able to have these like you know racist motivations to target African-American men if they didn't have a pay stub in their pocket. It was sort of like a modern modern day version. Our, our modern, modern day version would be stop and frisk. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have that pay stub on you, even if you got paid in another way, if you got paid by check, you got paid by, you know, something, something else. Like in Monk's case, he was, um, he did like all this like intricate molding and he was really like an artesian and was able to do all this, uh, you know, incredible uh, craftsmanship. And he often would get paid in the check, but if he didn't have a pay stub on him, then they would take him in. And so uh, he talks about that. We wrote this song together um, and, you know, he sort of sings it in the Indian vernacular. So he says like, no visa mina supporta, you know, sort of code for that, uh, that era that he went through. Someone needs to write a song called Brown Paper Bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in the South, there's no end to the amount of prejudice and racism that has happened and continues to happen. So, I mean, I, I really do feel like part of our mission is to be able to, you know, sort of like offer, you know, our version of protest music to some of these issues. And it's, uh, it's, you know, to be socially conscious is an important part of being in Chawa. It's great music, 
and I love it that there's message in it, and it's also just get up and boogie music, which honestly, who doesn't need to get up and dance it out every once in a while, you know, especially nowadays, there's a lot of stress, and this kind of music is a soulful, fun, thoughtful stress reliever. It is for us, too. (laughs) It's pretty fantastic. Well, I'm really excited that you are nominated for a Grammy, and I want to say I hope you win, but I know other people nominated in the same category. What a what a dilemma. And they've been on this show. I, I feel so lucky. We'd like to offer, you know, uh, our good luck to all the nominees. And we're really, you know, just uh, very humbled to be in the category with such uh, amazing artists. So, mm. you know, I think everybody deserves the win. If we get it, we will be uh, very, very touched and grateful but if we don't win it we feel like we've already won just by getting the nomination yeah it really is especially with the grammys just the nomination is a win because it means people heard you and it mattered and that's what it's all about exactly joe Joan, thank you so much for talking with me for putting out this music and and for following your really i i want to say your following your soul, following your heart, following your your inner music. That's what it's all about, and it's beautiful. Thank you for having us. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for having us. We're coming for you. Many thanks to Juan Boudreaux and Joe Giolini and all the musicians in Chawa for this great music. And thanks, guys, for being on Paradigms and talking with me. And for anyone who's paying attention to the Grammys, keep track of Chawa. If you want to learn more about Chawa, check out their website, chawaband.com, C-H-A-W-A-B-A-N-D.com. And of course, we're rooting for you on Grammy night. We're rooting for all the nominees on Grammy night. Very exciting that Chawa has been nominated. So if you enjoyed this episode of Paradigms, if you'd like to listen to this again, you can by going to the Paradigms website, paradigms.life, where you'll find links to the band's website and other interesting information or by going to iTunes or any of the podcast aggregator websites. You'll find Paradigms there. Paradigms has a Patreon campaign and we hope you'll check it out. Please go to patreon.com slash paradigms, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash paradigms. We appreciate your support. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time with more inspired, inspiring people. I'm going to leave you with one more track from Chawa's Grammy-nominated CD, Spy Boy. This one's called Soul Rebel. Baruch signing off for Paradigms. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. I hope you get up and dance, celebrate being alive, and be kind to yourself and others.
been listening to Paradigms at paradigms.life.